Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You are not making and cultivating these relationships because you people have some you want to get something from these people right away. They they don't make partners because they leave. But most law firms will hire you based for money reasons. If you don't have business, you won't survive. All right. So the next decision is when to move firms. So this is a very important decision, especially if you're uh, thinking about lateraling. A lot of people uh, like to lateral at the beginning of the year uh, or different parts of the. This is obviously a time when people, um, you know, might make the decision to move firms. So, but when to move firms is, is a good question. So, um, one of the things that I think is very important is not moving firms too often. I think it's important to move to a firm if it's a bigger firm or has more, more opportunity uh, and if you're moving up. But um, there's a lot of people that move too often. And, uh, and I'm sorry, but I don't think that's smart. I think that uh, anytime you move, you basically send the message that things didn't go well at your last employer and therefore uh, you need to move again. Now, law firms are smart enough to realize that you people make mistakes earlier in their career and they may, or they may move you know, for different reasons. But when, if an employer thinks you're going to move uh, and move too much, they're going to be very reluctant to hire you because they know you're going to move again. Like I interview people all the time and I'm like, wow, you've had four jobs in six years. I mean, this is for my company, for example. And they're like, yeah, but things, you know, this is, there's good reasons. Those people always move again. Um, they, they just, there's just people out there that like to move and they get some sort of joy from it, or they go to some place, meaning attention, or they go to a, a firm and things never work out. And so they have to go to another one again because they're doing things wrong or, or they have psychological problems. I, mean, I don't know, but you know, if the if firms think you're going to leave, they're not going to trust you with clients or uh, what's going on inside the firm, because why would they give you access to important work? Why would they give you access to important information? Why would they share information and their vulnerability with you if they think you're going to leave? Because, uh, you know, people uh, that leave doesn't send the right signal. Again, I'm sorry to report this, but it's, it's uh, if, if the next law firm doesn't think you're going to stick around, uh, it's, it's very bad. So one of the things I like to always talk about in, the, in these webinars is uh, if you're moving, if you're from like, say you're from Minneapolis and you're working in uh, San Francisco and you want to move on to Minneapolis, well, the firms in Minneapolis are going to be very excited to hire you. Uh, because they're thinking that you're just moving uh, back home if you're from Minneapolis and uh, and there's nothing wrong with your performance. But if you're in the Bay Area and you want to move to another firm uh, or wherever you are, the, the firms are not going to be as excited because they're going to think something's wrong with you and you're having problems in your existing firm. So again, just think about that difference. Uh, someone moving all the way across the country where they're going to have to pay their moving expenses and all this stuff uh, compared to someone that's local, it's much easier to get a job when you're moving home than it is uh, when you're moving. And this is one thing that can change the whole course of your career, if you understand it, than if you're moving locally, because law firms are very suspicious of people when they move. It's just how it is. Uh, I, I have a much better chance of placing anyone that's moving home or to another market for for because their spouse is there or uh, who knows. But, um, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with moving firms. And moving firms to get ahead is also uh, very smart. But what's important, though, is making sure you're moving at the right time. So, um, when do you move? So you should never move before you have more than one year of experience. And typically, uh, you know, the best time to move is when you're a mid-level, which is three to five years, but even two. But um, but you're not going to be able to move in your first year. You shouldn't even be thinking about it. You should just be doing the best job you can when you're first year. Uh, wait till at least you have a year of experience before you move. And, um, and then you should only move 
uh, to a, either a better firm, meaning you know, you're at a tier three firm and you want to move to a tier four. And again, this is the Harrison Barnes ranking system of firms is tier one is uh, working for consumers. Two, two is working mainly for consumers, but maybe with a little bit more money and or small businesses. Tier three is kind of your average mid-level. Tier four is going to be like your AMLO 100 type 200 firms. And then your tier five is going to be your your, your most prestigious, your, you know, Sullivan, Crama, Marina Crabass, O'Malvenese, Gibsons, things like that. So, uh, but, but, you know, so moving to a more prestigious firm, you can always do that. That's actually good. There's nothing wrong with a prestigious firm. Um, you can also move to a firm where there's more opportunity, uh, meaning there's more jobs and uh, there's a, they have bigger clients and you're going to get better training. Are they better in your practice area? That's smart. A uh, firm that has more work, a uh, firm that's more stable. So these are all good reasons. Uh, if you want to be in a different geographic reason, uh, region, if you want to work with larger clients, if they have more. So an example would be you might be in a firm doing uh, tax law and there might be two people in your office doing it and you want to move to a firm that has a tax department with 20 attorneys. Smart. I'd recommend it all day. You might be in a firm that... Uh, you know, represents uh, mainly small business, smaller businesses and want to work in bigger clients. Smart. I mean, uh, you can move to a firm that pays a lot more money. Um, the only reason I left the firm Quinn Emanuel is that uh, at the time there was a, in, in Los Angeles, there were two firms. There was Dewey Ballantyne and Scadden that were paying double. I mean, what the hell? They were from New York uh, of what the, the market rate was in uh, Los Angeles at the time and all over the country. So, why wouldn't you, I mean, double? Yes. Thank you. I'm, I, I will, I will move even though I'm happy. Uh, that, but again, that turned out to be a very bad decision for me. And, and here I am. But, uh, the point is, is that, um, you know, if there's firms where people are more like you, where the culture's better. I mean, again, you could be a, a firm where the culture is horrible. And you don't like the people. Then fine. If there's a better culture where you're happier and that's going to make you happy, move. Uh, there could be ones where you have to commute and go to work. And these are all good reasons. So there's, again, I, you can um, look at these reasons and write down the ones, but they have to be good reasons. They have to be things that a reasonable person would do. And if they don't pass the reasonable tests, like, you know, you just then think about it. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard people like, you know, I've gone to, been at dinners and things and people are like, oh, I want to move because um, I'm, I'm really upset about the, you know, entertainment reimbursements and uh, the client budget. I mean, it's just stupid. And so, you know, and then after your fifth year, um, you should only really move if there's no opportunity or existing firm, meaning you're being pushed out. Uh, they told you you have to leave or if there's a place where you can go have a better chance of long-term survival than you have at your current firm. I want to be very clear that uh, most people that don't make partner in, in a lot of firms, not all firms, uh, but a lot of firms, they, they don't make partners because they leave. They're just scared or they don't believe and, uh, and, and you shouldn't leave. So you're gonna, if you, you want to go someplace where you have a better chance of law firm survival, if you leave, uh, by the way, fifth and sixth and seventh years, you typically, uh, you know, it's, it gets a little dicey and, you know, in you, uh, if you move, I mean, there's firms that will hire you, but you have to be very careful. And then partners, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of partners are, uh, watch these, uh, webinars and it's calls, but the, you only should move, uh, for pretty much when your firm is in trouble. Uh, financial or taking too much of the money you're bringing in, which is a huge thing, or there's conflicts, uh, you know, with a, with your clients and you can't bring in clients or the firm is not providing you adequate support or their billing rates are too high for the type of work you do, or they're not emphasizing or supporting your practice here. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons that partners move and they're, they're all uh, good reasons. And, uh, and it's the same sort of thing. So 
you want to be very careful uh, about moving as a partner because, uh, again, that uh, partners will often move. Now, partners have the luxury of being able to move as pretty much as much as they want if they have a good book of business because uh, law firms, this is what's nice about staying in law firms, by the way. Uh, if you go in-house, you're going to have a very difficult time moving jobs. I have seen partners move jobs every two to three years for 30 plus years. Why? And to good firms. Uh, you know, so then their resume basically says something like, have been a partner at, you know, 15 of the top 20 law firms. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. You know, it's like our top 100 law firms. But you can do this. And the reason you can do it is because if you have a $5 million book of business and you're willing to accept a uh, million dollars a year in compensation and the law firm's got $4 million to play with after they bill all your clients, well, hell yeah, they're going to open the door. Uh, now, law firms like Latham and Gibson and like really good law firms w- wouldn't open their door to you in a million years, but a lot of law firms will. So, um, and again, I'm not criticizing those firms. I'm just saying that they have very strong partnerships where they're just not hiring you based on the money, but most law firms will hire you based for money reasons. And um, and so uh, Gibson, by the way, if you want to be a partner there, I was talking to the head of a practice group there at a dinner uh, recently um, with her and uh and I mean, they make you interview with partners in every office. And I mean, it's, it's a, if you want to be a partner there, I mean, it's a huge process. I mean, uh, because they, they really take it seriously. And this Peter Gibson, again, is another freaking, it's a tier five awesome firm. Uh, and, um, you know, Harrison tier five. And, um, but anyway, the time of your move is important and you need to move at the right time, not the wrong time, uh, as well as for the right uh, and wrong reasons. Uh, again, you know, there's different times, uh, you know, for when you should move, but uh, it has to be the right uh, firm. Now, this is uh, another one I've already covered going in-house. I already gave you uh, a lot of detail about going in-house. I don't know um, if I can even talk anymore about it because I, I don't want to bore people. And I, I hate talking about it. It's a dream for so many attorneys. Um, people will submit their resumes to me all the time. And they'll be like, oh, do you have anything in-house? Do you have anything in-house? Um, and I, I think it's many times because they don't uh, understand uh, how dangerous that decision is. Um, once you go in house, you're never going to be able to return to a large law firm. Uh, I mean, I've seen it happen. Uh, I was talking to a guy again, talk about Latham that had an in house, this guy in New York, and he was doing such good work. Uh, I met him through uh, a friend or something, and, and uh, he, he was a counsel there. And, you know, the kind of guy that was working like 3,500 hours a year in an in house job. And they're like, we've never seen anything like this. The partners in New York, like, you're incredible. Like if you ever need a job and he decided to go work for them. So this is a firm that recognized greatness and brought him in, but most firms uh, are never going to do something like that. And, uh, and so uh, the point is, is that, you know, that once you go in house, it becomes almost next to impossible to go back to a law firm. They just don't, because they know you're going to leave again. Uh, you, you learn bad habits. It's like, you know, it's, it's like uh, playing professional baseball and then uh, joining a softball league or something and expecting you know, where you're pitching under hand. I mean, it's just, no, they're not interested. So that's just how it works. And um, and it's a very significant decision. Um, most people don't understand the consequences of it when they make it. It's it's horrible. I mean, it's uh, I see people all the time. I talk to people in, uh, that have gone in-house that have these great records, and I'm like, maybe I can help them. And, you know, this horrible stuff happens. I mean, people will, you know, be in, like, you know, Miami, and then they'll move their whole family to you know, some small town in Colorado or something where some company exists and the company would be like, oh, you know, we don't have the work anymore. Like, and they let them go and they're like, but wait a minute, I bought a house. What am I supposed to do for money? Like, I mean, these are really bad things happen. 
Uh, I mean, it happens all the time or uh, they lose their job and then they can't find a job for, for months and they have a family to support. I mean, it's scary. Uh, at least in a law firm, like if you're specialized and you have skills, like your career just continues. And uh, I mean, wow. I mean, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but on the other hand, I have seen some incredible uh, success stories, people going in house. I'm just saying it's more risky. So uh, the upside's high and you could find a good company with a lot of work, uh, but just look at these companies and look at all the layoffs. I mean, who would ever thought that Amazon's laying all these people off? Who would ever thought about Twitter and you know, Tesla and all these companies that have been laying people off and when they, and Apple, and these are places that people would have died to go in house. And who did they lay off first? They lay off in general electric. I've been talked to a lot of, they lay off their attorneys and cost centers. So listen, these are not safe decisions. Even if you think it's a freaking awesome uh, company, like Coinbase, like all these people, like this is not smart guys and girls. It's not smart. I mean, at least law firms have sustainable business models that have been going on for hundreds of years. And again, this thing I told you earlier, Fortune 500, 1958 or whenever it first came out, none of those companies are in existence, maybe one or two anymore. They've all gone out of business. Whereas, you know, law firms, there's tons of them that have been around since the 1800s. It's a better business model. Sorry, but it is. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Working outside the office to generate business is a 16th uh, thing uh, I can't emphasize this enough. Um, one of the most important things you can do is cultivate relationships uh, that are likely to result in business for you in the future. Now, these need to be good relationships. I've seen people make some really freaking stupid mistakes. Like, people that want to be like a entertainment attorney deciding to go to rock concerts every night is not uh, the, the way to it. I mean, you need to meet with people that actually are going to have business in the future and um, and identify those people. That means uh, finding ways to make contact with people outside of work who are likely to give you in your firm business, meaning you have to be spending a significant portion of your time from the time you're a junior associate cultivating relationships. That doesn't mean you have work to offer them. That doesn't mean you need something from them right away. That means you need something from them in 25 years. Okay, I want to be very clear. Or 10 years or 15 years. You are not, as a junior associate or even as a partner, you are not making and cultivating these relationships because you people have some, you want to get something from these people right away. You're just there to be a resource if they ever reach out and have something to give you. So I want to be very clear. This is not, you do not, you can, now certainly there are attorneys that go out and pitch people when they find work to be done and that's fine. And that's a good way to get business. But the people that have the most business, they're just cultivating these relationships or being seen. So, you know, I, I see attorneys all the time, like they'll join a board of, a, you know, I don't know, of a, of a city or something. And, you know, I'm like, why in the world with a, would a freaking attorney from a huge firm in Los Angeles, say like uh, O'Melvin e. Myers, want to be on um, the board of uh, the city of Glendale, like spending his time doing that when he could be? Well, the reason is because, and he doesn't have to ask for work, suddenly some huge matter comes up uh, where they need to do a bond offering or something. And who do they think of? I mean, it's just, you know, the the, the point is, is that you you get involved in the community, you get involved with you talk to you, you. You get out there. You you're a resource for people, and uh, and then when they need you, uh, you get business. 
Like, so, cause you're seen, you're just, you're, you're the most logical person. So if I have a, um, just put it this way. So if I have a, a, a doctor that, that comes by my house, uh, it just says, Hey, how's it going? I'm just checking in, you know, um, just wondering, uh, you know, what you're up to and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Oh, not much. And he's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm having, uh, you know, just, just thought I'd see how you're doing. Well, uh, and then he comes to barbecues and I mean, you know, whatever, just in kind of in the neighborhood and he's, you know, well, if I get sick, I'm going to think of him. Right. So this is how attorneys operate. Like you're just seen. So the point is you, you're seen by people and, and in a positive way. And then if you're seen by people in a positive way, um, then when they have work, they're going to give it to you. It's not that you're, you're going out and saying, Hey, you know, do you have any legal work and meeting someone at a party and suddenly getting legal work? No, you're just making contact. And you do that selectively with people that you think are going to be positioned. Uh, so joining organizations or giving talks is, is a very big one. So, you know, people join these ridiculous organizations and, uh, you know, and, but they get business from it. Like, and they don't get business right away. It might take 10 years. It might take 20. Then things happen. I knew one partner that saved his career. He was on the board of a hospital. And I think it was like this, uh, it was in a small city. It was like Downey Hospital or something. And um, and then he didn't have any work and was getting close to losing his job. And he'd been on the board of this thing for like 10 years or 15. And all of a sudden, they had this huge matter happen. And, uh, and wow. And so they're going to start using this firm with New York billing rates and everything else. And, and it helped him and saved his career. So these things can happen. Uh, you know, writing articles, giving presentations. Like I know some of these attorneys that I know that are very successful. I know one woman, you know, talked to her quite a bit. I mean, because she's my friend. She's an immigration attorney. She has got a, at different points in time, her immigration firm has done over $20 million a year in revenue. And she's the only partner. Okay. I want to be clear with you. $20 million a year from a freaking immigration firm. And let me tell you what she does. She graduated from uh, Southwestern Law School, probably with not very good grades. Um, she's from another country. So she came over here and, uh, you know, married someone that was a U.S., you know, or husband. Couldn't get a job because she's, again, she went to Southwestern is a good law school. It's a local law school in Los Angeles. But uh, if you don't do well there, it's very difficult to get jobs. So couldn't get a job, figured out that maybe immigration law was good for her. Well, she's, she has a very high profile in that industry and it's going out and she's giving talks and nationally, like all over the country. Like, you know, I think yesterday she was in Seattle and the two days before she was in Texas and she's giving talks. She's on the news every night. She's got a studio, not every night, but she's got a studio in her own house where she's, so this is what people do. Like, you know, you have to get out there and be seen because, you know, her phone is ringing off the hook with people needing her help. She's got clients all over the world. And, and so this is what you need to do. You need to be seen. And um, the only way you're ever going to get control of your legal career is if you have a book of business and you need to be outside the office doing that. No partner in your, I mean, this is the most, the bleak, uh, the bleakest possible existence is sitting in an office hoping you're going to get clients when you're not doing anything outside the office. This is insane. Like, this is what people do, or hoping that a, some partner is going to magically give you work. No, you need to be sowing the roots to have a business come in in the future. And if you don't do that, you're going to be in huge trouble. I, again, I speak of attorneys every day or senior have portable business. Um, I, I used to have an office in downtown Los Angeles, and they used to come into my office all the time because I had a reputation. Um, some 
uh, National Law Journal or something wrote an article about me. Uh, I don't know if it was a National Law Journal, but the publication was saying I was the only attorney in the country that was getting all these, uh, not the only attorney, but the, I was a, re- a recruiter that had a reputation or something for getting people jobs. And I think, and then they put this in a, like a recruiter profile, like that was some list of all these recruiters or something. So I had all these senior attorneys with no business coming to see me and they would say things like, well, you know, I'm thought of very highly as a mentor of young associates. No, no one cares. Like, again, like these mentors and things are, are, are definitely have a place and it's a good thing. But what helps you uh, get in control, these people are in control. Other people control them and make them feel badly. So um, you only get control of your life and your career if you have portable business. So I just, if you don't, you're going to be unhappy and under the control of other people for your compensation, for whatever, for your entire career and they will pay you less. They will, uh, you will have to feel like you're being done a favor by having a job. It will be in very, very bad shape. So some people are liked and can do that. I mean, God, I, I was at a firm once and this is this New York based firm. And, uh, there was a, a guy that was a senior associate and he was, uh, but he was like, you know, that point was, you know, um, been a senior associate for 15 plus years. And, you know, and they, these partners would travel with him and he would carry their bags and run and get them food and stuff. And this is, you know, a 40-year-old man, you know, so it's sad. I mean, like, you know, um, and, you know, they would make fun of him when he wasn't there and call him. I mean, no, like, no, like, why do you want that? I mean, you, all you need to do is get business and get out there. You, you just need to meet people. Uh, so many people spend their careers getting work from others. And so if one person in your firm decides to turn off the work spigot, your career can end abruptly. I get these calls all the time. It's just, I'm sorry to put my hand on my head, but it's insane. Like, you know, like someone doing some sort of work and all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, for one client, all of a sudden um, the, the firm decides that the work, you know, the, the, the client decides to go elsewhere. And then a person calls me and I'm like, they need help. And, and tip, you know, and then I, I'm like, well, you need to do this and this and this. And, and they're just devastated. And of course, they don't follow my advice some of the time because they think they know better. I mean, which is fine. But um, and again, I'm not attacking people for doing that. But I'm saying they they, they might be at a big firm, like just say like a, a really prestigious firm somewhere. And um, and at that big firm, they may believe that uh, they're suddenly going to get, you know, they're, they're very they're at this very prestigious firm. And because they're at this very prestigious firm, they only should be looking at other firms that are of equal prestige. And uh, but then they've the work's all gone and they're losing their job. And I give them 10 suggestions of firms that are maybe a little bit smaller. And they decide instead uh, to, to to work at a they want to work at a, a small firm. Uh, they won't go to work at a small firm, only another big one. I mean, it's just and, and then they sit around. I mean, it's anyway. So just one screw up, uh, one upsetting the wrong person uh, for your career to come to an end. One one major slowdown in the market, your career comes to an end. Uh, if you don't have any business. So, you know, if you if you don't have business, you won't survive uh, and you'll have problems and it's just it will eventually happen. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. 
That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Uh, other people I've seen, again, I'm not, uh, I know one partner or, or, or several uh, that didn't develop books of business and they made partner in firms and then there's so much stress associated with it. They, they become alcoholics or, uh, you know, smoke pot for several hours a night to, I mean, as, are, you know, just very unhappy. And, and again, I'm not saying this is anything wrong with any of this. I mean, you can certainly do what you want with substances and, uh, but the point is, is I think it un- 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 makes them unhappy um, because the people that they're working for often are the ones that are in control and um, you need to generate steps. You need to uh, make sure you take steps to generate a book of business at all stages of your legal career. You need to lay the groundwork. Um, again, I tell the story every week, but uh, the most successful attorneys will say to themselves, I'm going to bill 2,500 hours a year billing hours and I'm going to bill another 2,500 hours a year uh, developing contacts. And this is the thought process you need to have if you want to be uh, at the top of your game. And I'm, I'm just going to be the one to tell it to you. I'm telling you this because uh, I remember my first, uh, I, I, when I went to University of Chicago, uh, the average grade point coming out of there was like a 2.3 or something. And, and, uh, and that's what they, I mean, I think it's higher now, but there's some, you know, that's what they told us when we got there is like 2.3. I don't even know if that is C plus or something. And um, this is, you know, a long time ago. And so, you know, my first semester, I think I got like a three, four, like a three, four or something. I went to see my advisor and um, I was like, isn't this great? Like this. And she's like, oh, no, it's not like, you know, uh, hardly anybody from here. You know, it's very hard to get into top law school because um, you need to have, you know, you need to do a little bit better than that. And I'm like, well, do better. I mean, how's it even possible? Because I think mean, everyone I know is, doesn't have as good a grades. Well, the point is that's the thermometer. So the thermometer then, if you want to go to like, you know, your get into like your your top five law schools from there, you needed to have like a three five or above, and which put you probably in the top five percent of your class or maybe even better. But that was what they want. That's what the top law schools expected. So um, and it's the same thing now. I mean, you need to have like a four point or whatever average from. Uh, and, uh, you know, but the point is that the thermometer is uh, if you want to develop business, I'm just telling you, people that generate huge books of business, like they're not just working 2,000 hours a year, 2,500. They're, they're also dedicating 1,000 or 1,500 or 2,000 partners in all firms that get business do it. I'm just, this is what they do. So they don't stick around in the office. They just get out there and meet people. And I've told you this, and I'm pounding into you again and again and again. Uh, they may not act like they are. They might talk about that they are. Uh, but that's what they do. Now, some people get lucky and people give them clients and things, but this is what you need to do. The next one is joining the firm for the right reasons. There's uh, right and the wrong reasons to join a law firm. Uh, young attorneys don't know what they're doing. Uh, a lot of older attorneys even don't know what they're doing, uh, but people will join law firms because of the prestige level, sometimes the compensation or because it feels safe. There's lots of reasons for joining a law firm. Uh, the most important one I believe personally, uh, this is my thought. I've talked a lot today about the quality of the work that they do. I've talked about uh, all these other things. My belief is that uh, the most important reason for joining a law firm is to work for people uh, 
that uh, you feel support you and uh, and who are like you. Uh, if you're around a group of people uh, where you feel supported and it feels safe and there's some sort of connection, then I believe you're better off than than if and the people aren't like you. So, uh, you know, there is a difference between being on the inside and the outside of firms, and sometimes it can take time, but you get a sense of it. I mean, I can walk into any firm and, um, you know, get a sense of, um, you know, whether or not that firm is like me uh, and uh, whether those sorts of people uh, are the sorts of people that uh, I would get along with. Uh, I, I really can very quickly. And, um, and, and, and I think you can too. I've, I've had experiences where I've walked in the firm and I felt like, uh, like I could hug everyone there and they were giving me, you know, I mean, just nice people and uh, really comfortable and a warm feeling, just a good vibe with the people there. And uh, where is other people could walk in the same firm and feel extremely uncomfortable. I've walked in the firm with, I remember it was downtown Los Angeles once uh, I was in this firm and uh, I felt like I was going to be killed practically. It was just so antiseptic and quiet. It was all this uh, like, uh, colo- like very old, like French type furniture. And it's just, but it was very just crazy. Like uh, it was, uh, I mean, a weird place. And uh, you know, so it's just different places. You need to be comfortable around the people. Uh, and you need to feel like they'll protect you. And you can get that sense with people early on. There's tribes. I mean, you know, people gravitate towards different groups of people. And so you're often much better off at a less prestigious firm with people like you than ones that aren't. Uh, one of the saddest uh, things that I ever saw was I had a, a guy that had clerked for the same judge that I did. And he was uh, had two choices where to work. He wanted to get it. He was in San Francisco and wanted to get a job. And I got him a job at the only firm in San Francisco that was full of uh, serious Republicans uh, in the city that was, you know, the most liberal city on earth. And they were like, oh, we never uh, have ever used a recruiter, but we can't believe you brought us this uh, diehard Republican with all this. You know, he was president of Federal Society and all this stuff. And uh, again, I'm not saying that I have anything. I'm not political one way or another. This judge that I worked for was very Republican. Uh, and so was this guy. But uh, but the, the point is that, um, and, and then he got another offer, I think, from a great firm, uh, Wild Gotchel in uh, New York, that was paying a lot of money. Well, he was uh, went to work there and uh, instead of taking this job, had a very bad experience and, uh, and has been a contract attorney since then. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong being a contract attorney, uh, but uh, he probably would be a partner at this Republican firm and very happy and uh, doing all sorts of things had he... Um, made that choice instead of going to a firm that where he felt burned out and, uh, you know, he's not from a big city, so he was probably very uncomfortable in New York City and all these other things, but they were paying him double. uh, And so that was not a good decision. Uh, So I just want to make sure you kind of understand that uh, joining with the right people can change your life. So you're, you're better off at a smaller firm where you're comfortable with people than some big, cold institution many times. You just need to be very careful. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 